Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So how far into your marathon training, Al, did you get before you're like, nah, I'm good. I, I, I don't need to do this. I, I would have kept doing it seven weeks. So I think I had actually one, the longest distance that I went in that in that span, I think there was a six-mile weekend run, something like that. I'd have kept going, but, I, you know, Dr. Clapper would tell you, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> get off the pavement, your, get in a pool, go go ride a bike, something along those lines. Your body just gave up on you? You couldn't take the, the mileage was piling up? You got through a half. Let me, let me tell you something. I have no idea what it was. I've never had a knee injury, never. And then it just kind of started getting this, like, sharp pain in your knee. I'm like, yeah, you should probably not do that right now. This, you, what you should do is take a bunch of opioids and just keep going. Mm. <laughs> what, what could go wrong? I mean, you just, you just power through on the pain, and you just kind of get there, and you, now you have a marathon on your wall. I bought some Benadryl recently because of the allergies. I'll just take – do you ever do that? I'm like, well, I'll just use what I have. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have a headache. Yeah, but that's okay. I'll just use – fine. I'll just I'll take use this. It's fine. <laughs> I should be fine. I have I have a couple cough drops in my mouth. My knee should be good by next week. Doc uh, Clapper, so I, my knee's been bothering me. I don't know what's going on. I uh, I've been taking Pepto Bismol and uh, Tums regularly, and it doesn't seem to be still bothering anything. me. See, it's still bothering me. He'll say your knee is kind of like an orange, right? So if you peel off the the, the actual peel of the Clapper orange, vision. it's kind of like the, the the ligaments on the side of your knee. So if you peel one off, just a little bit at a time. That's what he'll do. He has a whole Clapper Vision ready for oh, you. Damn right he does. That's amazing. I uh, love Clapper Vision. It, it's it's because every time he does it. it and I'll, I'll get a little behind the scenes. Dr. Clapper, my son had an orthopedic injury. We, Dr. Clapper looked at some things for me along the way. And it makes such a difference when you get those explanations like, oh, as opposed to, oh, you know, it's a double displaced fracture of the 12th metacarpal uh, tuna something or other. I'm like, what? But he goes, well, imagine a pencil. I'm like, yes, I can, I can do that. I can see a pencil. <laughs> yeah, I, I if know. I shave it down, I understand what that is. I know is. how that works. Yeah, but this is, this is cute, Dr. Clapper. He's so into it that you get into it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is so into what he's doing that you can have no idea what he's talking about. But I'm like, I'm buying whatever whatever's coming out of his mouth. I'm buying it. Uh, speaking of Dr. Clapper, uh, he may want to fire off a phone call to uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., a fractured wrist. He's probably going to need surgery out for three weeks. And Dodger fans, I know what you're thinking. Like, hey, cool, you know, divisional team, their best player down for – you want the best players to play. You you want guys like Fernando Tatis Jr. to be in the lineup every night. They're, he's incredibly exciting and fun. That's just a drag. I was I was super bummed to see that. Makes those matchups against the Dodgers fun. You know, obviously, whether you're going down to San Diego or San Diego's coming up here, um, you're right. He's one of the best in the league. He's one of the best in the majors, and you want him playing. And we'll kind of keep everybody up. By the way, do we, do we have any other further update on, on, on Freeman or no? No, we're just Nothing. waiting. Around. So so let's kind of go through this, Lee. Is it better news? Greg and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. Is it good news or bad news for the Dodgers that it's not done, that Freddie Freeman has not made his decision, and it looks like we're getting down to it's a two-horse two race, right? you got Atlanta and you got the Dodgers. It looks mm-hmm. like the Yankees are kind of falling off. Um 
that it's not done yet, does that bode well for a Dodger decision, or does that mean you, you do you think he's more likely to go back to Atlanta? Because I, I know how it makes me feel, but I'm curious what you think. I, I think it. I think the longer it drags out, then you have to think that the Dodgers have a better chance. That's just the way I look at it. The way I look at it is if you are going to get a deal done with the team that you know, you've obviously represented for a handful of years and you just won a World Series, if something's got to be happening internally where if the Dodgers were going to put out some kind of offer or they really wanted him and he had mutual interest, I think a, a deal like that, can obviously get done at any time. Maybe he is leaning towards, I want to stay with the Braves, but the longer the longer I think it takes, the more I feel like a door is opening for the Dodgers. See, your reaction is exactly mine, but on the opposite way. Like to, to And I'm just reading tea leaves here. I, I have no insight to this at all other than just because I would imagine that Freddie Freeman knows where his heart lies, right? That, that in, in his heart of hearts, he knows – I would rather be here than there. I don't know which one of those two places it is. Sure. But that there's probably a financial consideration. That the, the one where he'd rather not be might be a better financial deal for him. I have a hard time knowing what I know about him, having watched him for a long time, having watched the way that he interacts with fans, the way that he interacts with people in Atlanta. He's He's one of their guys. He's one of their guys the way that Chipper Jones is one of their guys, Greg Maddox, Hank Aaron, just the Dale Murphy, just these guys that are Atlanta Braves through and through. I would think that that's where his heart lies. I'm just guessing, but that maybe the Dodgers are rolling so heavy with money that he has to kind of think about, maybe I need to go do this for the financial component of it as opposed to the heart component of it. Because like you just said, I won the World Series. He's He's probably going to wind up in the hall of fame at some point in his career if he continues to play like this he could be a one uniform guy i think that that's probably the dis i don't know we're using the same logic to get him to different places so i I think if if ultimately we we mentioned this very briefly on friday because it was the first full day that Mm -hmm. you know you're 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 you stop talking about the uh, baseball coming back and everything else when is it going to come back I think there's something about a player that if he actually wants to be a Los Angeles Dodger, if that is meaningful to him, if the I want to come home, that's really what the Dodgers have. And they're going to try to dangle the here's some extra money. If that's not the case, then of course the Dodgers are at a huge disadvantage because everything he's built has been with the Braves, unless the Braves are – Maybe they're shortchanging him. Maybe they're not trying to give him. Perhaps, but that that seems unlikely, right? That the that the Braves would play financial hardball. Why, why wouldn't it get way. done then? Why wouldn't the, it get that's done? That's the great question. I don't know. That you're exactly right, and, and I think he probably knows that the Dodger deal is a better deal, but probably wants. If I'm just spitballing, that's yep. that's the one that makes the most sense to me. What about you, Berg? Yeah, see, I I feel like the same way. The longer that this takes, I feel like it's he's going to go back to Atlanta because of the exact reasons. I mean, how much money? can make that much of a difference throughout all of this. They're probably pretty close on the years, and they're probably pretty close on the money. It's, I mean, I'm sure the Dodgers are offering just a little bit more to give that incentive to, to right? come home. Yeah, they have yeah, to. Yeah, they have to. But if his heart is in Atlanta, he's going to stay in Atlanta. But if he's... If it wasn't such a hard decision, he would have already made the decision. I'm going to L.A. I'm going home. I'm going to take this Dodger offer. I can't imagine the Dodgers are going to offer, like, up their offer that much more. He's been with the he's been with the Braves since 2010, and he's been so good. He just won a World Series. After the World Series, like, look at this on the screen. It says 
Atlanta Braves World Series champions. He loves where he is. This has to be a – he's going to stay home. As long Let, as this is just, going on, it's going to stay. Let's just say it's surprising that he is not committed yet. If we're, if we're sitting on the Braves portion of it, I'm surprised that he is not committed yet to but the Braves. Let me flip it. Let me flip it. If you're the Braves, yep. and, and everything that I think we're saying is, is I'm the Braves. I'm thinking, why hasn't he said yes yet? That's the scary part, right? That, that the longer you don't say yes to me, the more likely it is you're going to go across the street to the Dodgers. Both of the teams are good. Both of them are set up to win for the foreseeable future. It, it really is a money and a heart thing. There's no, other, there's no other wild card. This is home for him in the sense that he grew up in Orange County. This is, this is a prestige organization with the Dodgers. But the Braves just won the World Series. They were in the NLCS the year before. He's a lifelong Brave. There, there are a ton of stacks on both sides and that it's not done if i'm the braves that scares me to death no matter where he goes he's going to be in the nlcs playing against the other team <laughs> probably it's pro- right? you're probably because ronald acuna jr is probably going to come back he's gonna be great so you're gonna have the two of them are this is like what it was supposed to be with the cubs and the dodgers for the last couple of years where they were supposed to be in the nlcs fighting to see who goes to the world series every single year so no matter where he goes he's in a good spot i just feel like he's it's really like maybe it's a, a family decision. His his uh, his wife and kids want him to be closer to her family in Florida or whatever it happens to be. Everybody on the record, Al, Dodgers or Braves? I'm going to say he ends up, I'm telling you, just the mere fact that it's taking so long. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he ends up with the Dodgers. Berg, I'm going with the Braves. I'm going to go Braves, too. Taylor, you don't have a TV, yeah, so you can't say He's going to be anything. a Brave. <laughs> Do you, you, you're on MLB.com on your laptop all the time? You're just going through I'm all the I might go to some pirated movies. websites from time to time. <laughs> you, okay, all right. He doesn't I have got internet. Some you need him. He doesn't have internet. He just has a, he just has a laptop. Dodgers did get something done. They got uh, Clayton Kershaw's deal done. He's going to come back for one more year, uh, $17 million. There's some incentives in there that can bump it up a little bit higher than that. Um, his record is... Last season was good, not great. His ERA was good, not great. His whip was pretty good, bordering on great. That part of it was really good. But, Slee, there's a portion of this that we have not talked a lot about with regards to Clayton Kershaw and him coming back for this one year that I want to get into coming up next. It's Travis Slee, 710 ESPN, and ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Well, that didn't take long. How about this? Jeff Passan, uh, ESPN's MLB reporter, just tweeted the following. Atlanta and Oakland are in agreement on a trade that will send star first baseman Matt Olson to the Braves, sources familiar with the deal tell ESPN. Okay, so Matt Olson, who is a very, very good player for the Oakland A's, plays first base, is going to the Atlanta Braves. Hmm. 
So I know nothing on Freeman officially, but Slee, all of a sudden your call from about four minutes ago is looking spot on because I know that there's some tweets out there right now saying that the Yankees are still in it, that the Yankees are not officially dead, but that the Dodgers look to have the inside track on Freddie Freeman. Well, I was ready to say take out what I, whatever I just said because I was assuming what you were going to say is that the Atlanta Braves no. resigned or something <laughs> along those lines. Last well, guy to say something, right? I mean, just simple as this. We've already heard it. Muncie has already had comments of, hey, want me to go second? Awesome. Um, you've heard Dave Roberts say, who wouldn't want Freddie Freeman? Of course, everybody knows that. They are – we'll see how things play out, but if you're telling me that the Atlanta Braves – are trading for another first baseman from another team, how does that not give you an indication that Freddie Freeman probably not coming back? And it has sounded like at least over the last 24, 48 hours, Braves or Dodgers. So if you're a Dodger fan, you got to feel pretty good about your chances of landing Freeman so, now. L- let's just look at this lineup really quickly, right? With, with, with Freeman, let me be as clear as possible, likely coming to the Dodgers because the Braves have acquired Matt Olson from the, the Oakland Athletics, which means Freeman big is news. likely leaving Atlanta and likely coming to the Dodgers. Let's just go around the infield. Freddie Freeman at first, Max Muncie at second, Trey Turner at third, or excuse me, at short, short. Uh, Justin, Justin Turner, Turner at third, and then in the outfield you're going to have some combination of Betts, Bellinger, and Taylor. And then you've and got – Pollock. Who, who's that? A.J. Pollock. A.J. Pollock. We haven't mentioned Gavin Lux's name. You've got Will Smith behind the plate. So offensively, you still have – you have a lot of these guys can play multiple positions. Freddie Freeman and Justin Turner are really the only guys there that can only play one spot. Almost everyone else is interchangeable, right, You other than the catcher. So you've got all sorts of multifunctionality in your roster. You've got an incredibly potent offensive team. But has, how weird is this, Lee? And, and, and the, oh, by the way, the DH spot in the NL. Right, that's a and, great and point. Great now point. obviously grabbing some of these other guys, like you just mentioned, that might not get everyday opportunities out in the field, are going to get everyday opportunities with the bat. And that's, that's an incredible um, luxury for the Dodgers to have as well. And it's a half day off sometimes, right? Like let's say that, that Freddie Freeman has played, you know, 25 games in a row and he, you don't want to take his bat out of the lineup, so just pop him into the DH for a couple of days. It's, it, there's, there's so many ways that you can do that. But the bigger question, I think, for the Dodgers is the pitching because now all of a sudden the Dodgers are, are, are loaded up offensively, but their pitching is in a weird spot. Let's start with Clayton Kershaw. Here's what Andrew Friedman said uh, about getting that deal done and how he was his first call. What Kirsch has meant to this organization, to the city of Los Angeles, goes without talking about, I think, going into the offseason for us. It was the number one priority. Uh, keeping Kirsch and Dodger Blue was our biggest priority coming in through the conversations. Felt confident, but not knowing for sure. And then post-lockout, he was the first phone call I made, and we worked quickly to get it done. It's great news. I, I, I think that Kershaw is one of those guys that will spend his entire career in one uniform with the Dodgers. He's the greatest Dodger pitcher that anybody's seen. He is, he is a deadlock cinch Hall of Famer. And this is a team that's had Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale and Oral Hershiser, Fernando Valenzuela. There's been some great pitchers come through here along the way. He's the best of the bunch. This it, it, I'm reluctant to say this, Lee. Can I, can I be a bad guy? Can I be somebody that brings a little black cloud to the silver lining? Sure. Do it he's hurt. He, he he was in and out of the lineup a lot last year. He has that elbow tightness, soreness thing that they've never really fully been able to kind of diagnose and say what it is. Kershaw's talking about how he's healthy. He just need a little more time to do this. But he's at that point. This feels very much like a, why don't you come back here and let's see how it goes. 
Why don't you come back here as opposed to going to Texas, which seemed to be the other place, and having your last year be a weird one where you're hurt in and out of the lineup. Why don't you come back here and we'll try to do this one more time? I don't know if this is so much a we needed his left arm in our rotation as opposed to a let's do the right thing by one of our most important players ever. Well, and I think, you know, Dodgers are in a – when you have Walker Bueller, when you have Julio, when you have other guys that are technically today's aces, right? Mm -hmm. Like those are the guys that can carry um, your franchise. Uh, I know we're still – no idea what's going to happen to Trevor Bauer. I know there's other question marks. I saw some about Dustin May, probably not until they say midseason, something along those lines. So there's still a lot of question marks, but it's not like, hey, Kershaw, you're the ace here's the ball, you're the only one that we're depending on. I think Dodgers have, and I'm not telling you that right now that is their strength, that watch out the Dodgers aces. I mean, there was a point last season where you just said, you got basically five aces here, and that's when everyone was healthy. That's not the same conversation you're having today. But I think is it's, A, it's the right thing to do. B, when he is healthy, I still think he's going to give you something, and I think they're banking a little bit on that as well. I think he's going to give you what a guy that's been in the major leagues for 10, 12 years is going to give you. A really, he's, going to, he's going to compete like crazy. He's going to battle. He's not going to do anything stupid. He's not going to walk a lot of guys, but I don't think he's going to be the dude, right? I don't think he can be anymore knowing what we know about his arm. And, and here, here's the really scary part about the Dodger pitching. They're going to score a truckload of runs, right? They're going, to, they're, going to, they're going to score like crazy, so this won't be as big of a deal at the beginning of the season. But as you get deeper into it, think about it. Urias and Bueller are coming off of career highs in innings. Okay, there's usually a little bit of a fallback after you do something like that until you've done it a handful of times. These are still really young guys. And you saw it in the postseason. Of course. They were not the same guy. Yep. You mentioned Bauer. Who knows what that's going to look like. Tony Gonsolin was, I don't know, last year. He was all over the map. Sometimes he'd look okay. More often than not, he'd look less than okay. You've got a guy like Mitch White. You've got some other guys that you can do this. Who they get from... um... The Angels, was it Andrew Heaney? Andrew uh, Andrew Heaney is in. He's kind of a reclamation project. I don't know what you're going to get from him. But I'm telling you, especially early, I think you're going to see a lot of ham and egg stuff like they did in the playoffs. I think you're going to see a lot of openers. Hmm. I think you're going to see some mixing and matching stuff. I do not think you're going to see a five-man. I think you'll see Urias and Bueller pitch in in kind of a – quasi two-man rotation and everybody else will be in that weird thing where you pitch two i'll pitch three you pitch four i'll pitch one i don't think you're going to have a traditional rotation because they just don't have the bodies do you think um do you think kenley stays or no i think they need him and i think they need him more today than they needed him a couple of days ago joe kelly leaving is a big deal yeah Joe, Joe Kelly, see, I, I like Joe Kelly for a couple of different reasons. Number one, I think he's a good pitcher, right? He, he loses his command every once in a while, and we'll, he's got a little bit of that walk bug that comes up every once in a while. But Joe Kelly's a good – Joe Kelly gets a lot of swings and misses. Joe Kelly – I'm trying to think of what's the word I can use here on the radio. Joe Kelly's not scared. He's not a wimp. No, use the other word. Yeah, he's – Joe else Kelly you have in mind? can go out there – I don't know, just something else. Joe Kelly can go out there – and you could put him in there and, you know, second and third, nobody out, and he's, he's fine. He's going to yeah, go out there. he's not intimidated by it. doesn't all. care about the postseason, no. And he's got swag, Slee. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he, the Dodgers don't have a lot of guys that are just kind of putting it out there. They've got really good players, but they're pretty businesslike. They're pretty buttoned up. They don't they – don't, Joe Kelly's the only guy that's going to do the nice swing blank to Correa and make mm-hmm. the pouty face. He's the only guy that's going to do that. I think uh, I, I think the Dodgers, if they end up, look, we'll see what happens with Freddie Freeman. Even if they didn't get him, 
hypothetically, even if they didn't, didn't get, get Freeman, you're talking about if if they didn't get Freeman. Dodgers are still, you know, they're one of those franchises that you can start the season with the roster looking one way, and as the season progresses, you know they're going to make changes as you go along to to fix whatever whatever corrections they need to make. So I think even as is, didn't weren't the Dodgers when they came out with I think this was right after the lockout ended. Dodgers were the favorite to win the World Series. Yes. And you have these question marks that you're talking about. So that just that tells you something. If the Dodgers have some question marks, imagine how many other teams have more no question. question marks than the Dodgers. Well, and, and, and the reason why I say that, Trav, is because you may very well start the season one way. That's not what your roster is going to look like by the trade This deadline. is why the Dodgers and the Rams, I think, are in such a unique position because – you just have trust in the guys that are making the calls, right? To, to your point, what you just said, Slee, I, I want you to listen to this. Here's Andrew Freeman talking about what we're talking about, some of the concerns about the rest of their starting rotation, their pitching rotation. That's probably the thing that's keeping us up most at night, I think, with this condensed spring training, where pitchers are going to be on opening day, You know how to kind of keep them healthy through a regular season and ideally through a long October and how to balance the depth with quality. Also, we've got a lot of really interesting guys coming. We also have Dustin May, who should be back at some point in the middle of the season. So I think our biggest concern is early. He knows how to navigate through this. He knows that they have a a farm system that has prospects. He knows that he can acquire somebody in the trade market. He knows that he's done it before, and he can do it again. This isn't a, hey, if we don't have this set up at the beginning of the year, this guy's going to totally blow this thing out of the water because he's going to make one bad deal after the next bad deal. He makes nothing but good deals, right? So whatever it looks like now, and this is kind of coming back full circle of what you're talking about with Kenley Jansen. The word on the street is Kenley Jansen wants three years. Yep. I would fall out of this chair if the Dodgers gave him three years. I really would. They're, they're too smart. They're not going to do that now. A second year, perhaps, right? But this is why the Dodgers are in such a great spot that these tough decisions, Kenley, Clayton Kershaw, all of these guys, they're going to make what's in the best possible use for the Dodgers and they're going to service the player if it's a guy like Kershaw but they're not they're not boxing themselves in to some terrible three-year deal with Kenley Jansen who was really good for them last year but let's be honest if he showed up and did not look like that all over again I don't think anybody'd be surprised so the best way I could put it is I don't think a Dodger fan is out there you shouldn't be overly concerned let's put it that way you shouldn't be overly concerned because what do you think the Padres are thinking of coming into the season? Right. What do you think Arizona, Colorado are thinking of coming into the season? Anyone would rather be in the Dodgers spot For than sure. some of these other positions. And like you just mentioned, they'll address what they need. They, they, as the season progresses, they'll figure out what what exactly they need. I know they're obviously going to go uh, all in to go try to get Freeman, but even if they don't get him, they'll address what they need on the pitching side. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Visit Progressive.com. Emily is not feeling well today, so she's not here. So Taylor's got a little factor cap for us. When we come back, Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So Emily was feeling a little uh, under the weather this morning. So, Taylor, my question to you, when she passed off Factor Cap to you, did she give you topics or did she just say, hey, you need to do this, you come up with it on your own? She gave me some as well, but I'm just going to go with my own here. (laughs) Nice. Okay, I like it. I like it. What do you got for us? Okay, as you just learned, I don't own a TV, and I haven't had one in over a decade. I've had various streaming devices during that time, but none right now. So you could survive six months without owning a TV. Factor cap. Sleep? So here, here's the thing, Trav. The question's got to be obviously for work. Actually, I could actually get away with it from a work perspective as well. You know, we could listen to the broadcast. John and Michael are doing the games. I can sit there and try to paint the vision just the way they do for our listeners. Um, I don't think I could do it. Let me just be honest with you guys. I don't think I could do it. So I, I think it's cap. I, I as much as I like getting bar, away, the, that, as, right? That that's my, what's the, that? the thing is. Is he said you don't own it? It's not that you can't watch it. Yeah. It's that you don't own a TV. You could go to friends. You could go to the bar. No, you could come I gotta to work. Have one. You gotta, gotta have gotta one have at home. One. Yeah, Six I months. I think I could do it, Taylor. Like you said, because Al, you can stream things on your laptop. You can watch games on your phone. There, there are very few things that are on broadcast TV exclusively, on cable TV exclusively. Games is the big one, right? But you, you know, like you mentioned, there are some some services out there that will allow you to find yeah. some things if you're if you're motivated enough. But where I would struggle is just the random. It's ten o'clock at night. I need something on in the background to fall asleep. How do I get my Seinfeld reruns at that point? Do I just stream them on my phone? Should, what am uh, I doing? You should draw something. Aren't you a painter? <laughs> Don't you paint or something like that? I put some music. I sculpt. On. I <laughs> I have a I have a granite blocks in my garage that I go in there with a hammer and chisel and just start I doing work later. I bought three night. separate paintings from Travis. Some of his work. It's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> They're just different versions of Ask Slee. They're like a collage of me just. Painting asks Lee. Two things here, Travis. First of all, if you think you can do it, today is March 14th. Do it, bro. Go till September 14th without a TV. That is six months see, from now. See, you guys don't understand. As as <laughs> someone who is the most You're all talk, selfless bro. person. All talk. It would be it would be a too 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 big of an ask for my wife for my children. Oh no no! So I, I would never put them in a position to have to suffer because sure. I'm taking on a challenge. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You don't have to watch the TV. Can I don't you know do why. it? Can what am you I not put watch- on those like one of those dog cones <laughs> right. and sit in the corner of the room so I can't see Just the TV? Stare at the wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, yeah, all this of is some nice paint. When- <laughs> When you're challenging somebody, like the way Greg was just challenging you, and then I just, come on, bro, do it. Like, come on, a, do it, bro. Instantly a frat house. Instantly we went into a frat house, and you said, 
that you weren't going to do something and everybody piled up on you. I learned my lesson on show peer pressure with the chicken sandwich. It's never happening again. I'm going to live my life. I'm How good was the actual sandwich? That That's great. what you always fail to real. Uh, you fail to mention. I still haven't really gone back into this. A little bit of spice here and there, but I'm still not quite where I need to be. What's next? Mild, Taylor? mild, very mild. <laughs> yeah. That's what you say. Do you have you a, a vanilla flavored chicken sandwich? Can I have that? <laughs> It's got a little cream sauce. Vanilla flavored chicken sandwich. (laughs) Next up, my Minnesota Twins, they made a trade with the hated Yankees. And they picked up Gary Sanchez. So it's going to take me a minute to get used to seeing him in in a uniform, the Twins uniform. But my factor cap here is the Yankees are the most hated franchise in sports. Factor cap. I think that might be a fact. There, there are some other ones on the list that are universe. Unless you're a fan of that team, everyone else hates you. The Yankees are on that list. Duke basketball is on that list. The Dallas Cowboys are on that list. But I think the Yankees, because the, the Yankees not only were very good for a long time at various different points, but Slee, the Yankees have this this arrogance about them how like the world series is their birthright and how they're just supposed to win the world series they're supposed to go you know who else could be in that category now because we're fans the lakers the lakers outside of los angeles and laker fans are like the same kind of idea like why do you guys think you're supposed to win the championship like it's something that is owed to you every other team doesn't look at it like that all right so first off the celtics lost to the mavs yesterday and i tweeted Mavs have always been my favorite team, okay? That's pathetic. Let me just say that is pathetic on my part, all right? That's number one. Number two, um, Patriots, I think, fall into that category a little bit. Alabama, I think, falls into that category a little bit. So there's some hated squads out there. The Lakers thing you didn't go enough into because I cannot – I don't remember a time that the Lakers have gotten this much attention for being this bad. Because people love it. This season – this season, everywhere you freaking look, something about the Lakers. Everywhere you look, somebody um, enjoying that the Lakers are bad. So Lakers are 100%, at least around the country, one of those teams that people enjoy to hate. And part of that is obviously because of the success. I mean, you can't go a night. I mean, Lakers yesterday gave up 48 points. You would have thought there was they were celebrating in Phoenix that just won three championships. Well, you know, you're definitely right about that, but... I dare you to find a Yankee fan and try to make it past two minutes before he uh, 27 World Series titles, bro. 27. How many you got? Uh, not 27? Yeah, I get it. You guys you guys had most of those before televisions were in color, so Literally, congratulations. I, all I that. asked for was a, just a, a pepperoni slice of pizza. <laughs> I didn't even say anything about the Yankees. I literally said nothing about them. Jeter, bro. Jeter. So it's the 27 championships thing that is it, because it's the longevity yes. portion of yes. all of it. The longevity makes it so the Yankees are the most hated franchise. But the Cowboys are right there. I think because the football is so much a bigger sport than everything else, the and Cowboys are the most they hated won franchise. In so long, That's it, they Al. They still but walk around like they exact, keep winning. The, America's the team. The Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl in 30 years. Rarely make the playoffs. Okay. They, they, World they, War One. They're not the Doughboys. They were carrying muskets into this Super Bowl (laughs) twenty-eight or whatever it was. You make it, Cowboy fans make it sound like they've won four. They've won four of the last five. Who wouldn't want to be a Dallas Cowboy? I don't know. Guys that want to win. (laughs) Those guys. What's next, Taylor? Okay, with gas prices soaring, hadn't noticed. Yeah, commuters in LA are still opting to use their own vehicles instead of public transportation. So. When I worked in Culver City, I'd, I'd use you know the metro to occasionally come downtown, and I never understood why there weren't more people in it. 
So public transportation is underrated. Does this factor caps, Lee? It's fact. It's definitely underrated. I actually, I had heard because of COVID that less people are using public transportation now. So you actually have more cars that are on the road. So it's only getting, um, it's only going to continue. Obviously, traffic and everything else. It is underrated. In other parts of the country, in other parts of the world, it is their foundation of how people get around. It doesn't happen here in Los Angeles. It doesn't happen nearly enough in the state of California. It's underrated. Usually when I go down to San Diego, a lot of times I'll take the Amtrak. You ever been on, you've been on the Amtrak in a while there, Travis? I have. It's, we go down to Pottery fan, Games on the Amtrak every once in a while. It's a fantastic trip down there. It's underrated. It's, it's really good because you get to enjoy whatever it is you want to enjoy and not have to worry about making the trip home or making the trip down there. The problem is in L.A., it's not super easy to use. It's not You can't get everywhere you need to go. You can get kind of halfway Infrastructure there. Infrastructure is bad. Or, or you need yeah. to drive halfway there, and then you can get on the train. But if you're in a, in a city like Chicago or Boston or New York or, or even San Francisco where – these things are readily available. It's money. It, you you don't have to drive. You're you almost can, a full to drive, it, right? Like it makes more sense to be on here's the, the other transportation. Thing. I like to have a good time, Slee. I, I like when I go out to have a few drinks, to maybe enjoy that ball game, maybe enjoy that night out at that restaurant and have an extra martini along the way. And if I don't have to worry about driving a car, I can just you know, go and do my thing. I was waiting for you thing. to say, because the fact that you just went directly to – like it has to be on a Friday night that you're taking public transportation. Uh-huh. I was waiting for you to say, I like to have a good time on my way to work. <laughs> I like to, before Hadn't I get really into the office, that. around 8 a.m., you know, feel a certain way, and then on my way home, feel another certain hey, way. Hey, look, when I lived in, uh, in in Houston, I knew there were they sell these beers in these brown paper bags, right? But I'm like, this is a thing you can do here? Like, this is kind of interesting. I, I didn't hate it. It wasn't the end of the world. What's next, Taylor? Take like a Mountain Dew and a 40. <laughs> <laughs> you saw AD's comments. He basically said that Phoenix wouldn't have stood a chance oh, this had is a he good been topic. healthy last year. This is a good topic. And Devin Booker responded with a classic one-liner saying that if ifs were fifths, we'd all be drunk. So, Travis and Slee, a witty saying proves nothing as his factor cap. I think it's cap. I think if you have a good moment like that, like if the ifs were fifths, we'd all be messed up or over the goes. If the queen had something else, she'd be the king. You know, all, all of those ones that we've heard. Sometimes it's the perfect response to one of those things. It doesn't matter if this, then that. It's what did happen. And I, that's what he's getting at. He's not saying, yeah, if you would have been healthy, who knows? You weren't. We beat you. We went to the finals. We're the number one seed in, in the Western Conference this year. I think he's right. I didn't mind the pithy little response at all. So, uh, first off, this is going to be for a longer conversation because the AD front, I think, is incredibly interesting. We had we got a chance to hear from him the first time since he got injured. I think both things can be right. He is right. I do think the Lakers would have beat the Phoenix Suns. At the same time, if I'm Devin Booker, 100%, I'm feeling disrespected of, you guys are nine games below 500. We have an eight-game lead in first place in the entire NBA, and you're trying to send a message out there about last season, we are in today. The The conversation, uh, it's it's like the timing was so bad for how bad the Lakers have been playing to hear Anthony Davis say that. But do I think the Lakers would have beat the Suns? I do. I actually do. I do believe they would have. All right, we can go back. We'll talk about that, too, because should he come back at all for this season? Should, you know, he's got the boot off. He's going to start doing some shooting drills. The Lakers were talking about he might be back before too long. Is that a good idea, or is it time to just get ready for whatever's coming after this disaster of a season? That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. A little bit of breaking news, Slee, just for maybe people jumping in their car right now. Freddie Freeman has still not made a decision on where he's going to go, but the Atlanta Braves and Oakland A's made a deal where Matt Olson is going to go from Oakland to Atlanta. Matt Olson is a first baseman. Matt Olson is a very, very good first baseman. So it appears that Freddie Freeman is on the move, and it does look likely, Slee, that he may end up uh, here in L.A. with the Dodgers, which is terrific. He's, he's such a good player, such a good guy. I can't wait for him to get here. Atlanta's uh, Twitter right now says, Matt Olson, welcome back home to Atlanta. Um, I'm with you. Listen, if you're going out there and, and the biggest name or one of the biggest names left and it's coming down to the Dodgers and the Braves, and it would be the equivalent of Dodgers going and trading for a first baseman, and you would think, okay, well, Freeman's out of the picture, and I think that's what you'd be assuming now in the uh, in the case of the uh, the Braves. You know, I need, to, I need to recalibrate. I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but the, the Dodgers – it doesn't matter what they have. If there's a way to make the team better, they're going to pursue it, right? Because the, the the normal way of looking at this is Freddie Freeman plays first base. Do the Dodgers have a need at first base? Not really. Really, you know, their their first base is Max Muncy's their day in and day out first baseman, who's very very good and has been a clutch player. There's no complaints with Max Muncy. And if you need to give him a day, you drop Cody Bellinger over there, who's perfectly competent. Right, You can put Cody Bellinger at first base and feel great about it. The Dodgers don't look at it like that. They look at it like, does Freddie— Can Freddy... we use another baller? Yes. Can, yeah. we, can we get another great player on this team? Yeah, I think we can. Let's, we'll figure out where to put everybody yep. after the fact, but we're going to go add another great player. There's not a lot of teams that do it like that, Al. Bring in as much talent as you can. Hey, you know what? You already have a shortstop in Corey Seager. Why would you get Trey Turner as part of the Perfect deal example. for Max Scherzer? Well, we get him because now we have two ballers that are sitting there in the infield, and that's just kind of an example of uh, what the Dodgers have done. And, and that's a good observation because they do bring in the talent, figure out how you're going to use them as you uh, as you go. All right, Greg, waiting on this one too. Sleet, is this good for baseball? Is it good if every good player ends up on three or four teams? I mean, I, I look, they, they, one of those three or four teams is the team that I love. I, I get it. I'm a Dodger fan, and I'd love to see Dodger acquire Freddie Freeman. I'd like to see them go to the play. But is it a good idea that every good player lands on four or five different teams? Yes, I do think it is a good thing for it. Because, look, when you're watching these games, do you really want to see, I don't know, pick up like the Miami Marlins in the World Series like they have been a couple times? I mean, every once in a while it's interesting. But for the most part, you want to see the big teams. You want to see the big players. You want to see Mookie Betts. You want to see, I mean, as much as I hate the Astros, Carlos Correa and Alex Bregman. And when they're all together, when you have these super teams, it's still fun to watch. Those Sliwa. series are fun to watch, Greg. Like I, I get what you're saying. Like a World Series between the Dodgers and yeah. the Astros, or it would be a lot of fun but if you are in Colorado or Detroit or Minnesota or one of these places and you know we're never going to get one of these guys it's just never going to happen 
Berg, let me let That's me give you a perfect yeah. let me give you a perfect example. Okay, um, I think one of the reasons why the NFL stands out from every other league is it's not based on your market. The NFL, it's primarily based on okay the talent, who's building the best, who's drafting the right players. You could be the Kansas City Chiefs. Trav, wouldn't you agree with this? You could be the Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs, and you and I are going to go out of our way to go watch that game. Mm-hmm. You could be the Tennessee Titans and be the number one seed in the AFC. Um, I, it, it's actually very interesting that you bring that up, Trav, because I think it's so natural to sit here in L.A. and you got all these Dodger fans where you're just, oh, no, no, of course Look, it's good. I'm of course stoked. it's good. I'm stoked. I loved it, but it's, I don't know if it's I a good I agree with you that I don't think it's good. Yeah. I don't think it's good. What, what you want is, as best as you can, competitive play. The Dodgers are still going to stand out in competitive play because they run a good organization, but to be able to run an organization the way they do and spend the money that they do, it is you know kind of – it's definitely uneven. Let's put it that way. You're, you're talking about the NFL, though. The NFL, look at look at who wins the the Super Bowls every year. They're the same teams in the Super Bowl every year. The Patriots won seven times or in a row or whatever. Not in the row, but they won a whole bunch of times. It's the same teams there every single year. But Despite you got six new teams in the postseason every year. Yeah, yeah but they're still the same teams that basically you, go. And it's look but, at the Rams are the ones that go. But also, look, Taylor made a great point to me. What off the air saying? How many times has the have the Yankees and the Dodgers, the two highest paid teams in all of baseball won the World Series in but the last that's, 15 that's, years. That's not, two. I, I, two. I understand what you're saying, and it's a you're, good point. But the difference the, the difference of that is is that baseball is not the NBA. The Yankees and Dodgers are in the mix every single time. And that with money in baseball, built. you're buying your way into the tournament. Once the tournament starts, you're kind of, it, it's kind of a crapshoot, right? But that's, that's what it's all for, right? What's that? That's what it's all for. You're to get to the postseason. What I you get do it, in the postseason. But, if, but if you're the if you're the you're Oakland A's in Kansas City and okay. Minnesota and Detroit, you can't even get in there unless you get really lucky. And then that's going to happen once every eight or nine or ten years. Kansas City for, went back to back to the World Series and, two years in a row and, and had they were a great bad bullpen for thirty years before that, and they've been bad ever Berg, since. Berg, it's similar to this. This is, I think, what it ultimately comes down to. If you're going to get into a fight, you want can we have the same weapons, and then you figure it out from there. Or if you're going to get out on a basketball floor, can you have five guys and I have five guys, and then we'll kind of figure it out from there. Listen, the Dodgers are arguably one of the best-run organizations over the last 10 years of all the sports. Travis and I always make this point. You're not supposed to have both. You're not supposed to have all the resources in the world, and you're incredibly well-run. Um, it gives it, it puts them at an advantage, such an advantage over all the other teams. Whether you win the World Series or you not or you don't, I do think it's it's – I don't think it's good long-term for the sport. I think you want to have a little bit of, hey, I have no idea who's going to win it this year, and I'm not sure who's going to make the postseason. Look at how teams are being built in baseball right now. The San Diego Padres built from within. They bought, they made their, their minor league system. Yes, they went and they bought some players, and they brought in some guys. But for the most part, it's, there's a lot of guys that were all from the San Diego team. They just traded everybody, and they fell apart. But look at the Toronto Blue Jays. They're coming up because Vlad came up through the system, and he's going to be there for seven years. The Dodgers, if that we talk about. he doesn't himself out of the league and get on the Zion <laughs> 
Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But <laughs> if the, the, it's easier in baseball to do that. But, but look at... <laughs> Plus, but look, Toronto, what Like, what is he doing to himself up there? <laughs> like, I get Zion in New Orleans. There's Etouffee, there's Po' Boys, there's Gumbo, there's Great Jambalaya, there's, oh, there's oh, beignets. Toronto, there's that's all... international cuisine. Okay, no. what, they got, they got food from everywhere. Okay, but but that's my point. It's, it's a little bit of everything, which is every city, right? But they don't have, like, the signature thing other than the poutine. I'm, well, I, mean, I would poutine is is pretty damn good. It's though. very good. I, I have I have a filling, better I have a better chance of being in in better shape if it, if I have the same option every single time. If you start giving me the international cuisine menu, I'm much more screwed in Toronto IHOP? than I am more than Slee won't go to IHOP because that poutine. Swedish pancake thing on the menu is really tempting him from the side. But look how the Dodgers built themselves, too. They built themselves from Do- within also. Dodgers are an outlier. You, no, almost, you almost have to throw them aside. Doing, even the Yankees were starting to do that. They just traded Gary Sanchez. But a lot of the guys that they brought up, they also brought from their minor the, league system. The Padres, I think, are the best example of this because the Padres got a transcendent talent in, France, in, in, in Fernando Tatis Jr., Okay, and they got him very. They acquired him from a trade, actually, but they yeah, got I think it was him the Cardinals he, he, from St. Louis, yep. right? So, but they got him very young. So he, essentially, he's their guy, and they've developed him, and that's wonderful. And they gave him all the money, and that's wonderful. And they went out and they purchased Manny Machado. That's cool too. They gave Manny Machado a truckload of money. The the difference is if that doesn't work for them, and it didn't last year, they're screwed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are dead Gave in the water. Gave up a lot to go get Blake Snell. But, but they Dave, went all in, and they went out, and they got it. They went to and, try. And, they, and they've gotten nothing. Well, They've, look at the Lakers this year. They went out and tried I, I to get, get it, everybody. But the Lakers are in the other category. The Padres are in that category. We can take one shot at this. We'll go big with Tatis. We'll go big with Machado. We'll go big with Snell. If this doesn't hit... We have to blow Burke. it up, and you never know how long it's going to take for them to get back. It's good for the sport. I still, I still think it's good for the sport. But how, wait, let, let, just explain this. How is, if we're saying it's not an equal playing field, why is that good for the sport? What, what, what makes it good that it's not an equal playing field? Because you, have, you need dominant teams in all sports. It just has to be that way. You need to have that team that you hate. I'm not the you Yankees, can have a you team still... at the top, but the, the, the guys in the middle need to swap out every what, once in a while. You can have some, t- some heavyweights. Every, every sport. Like, look, at, look at the be Detroit dominant, Lions. They you can, never, listen, they're listen, never good. Even Burke, when they have talent, they're not Burke, good. You can be dominant in an equal playing field. Like The Dodgers would still be good in an equal playing field because of everything that they have, the resources that they have, how how they run their operation. What Travis is saying, what I agree with is it's not stay away from having dominant teams. It's start the game at 0-0, and you don't feel like the, that's always the, the case. Let me, let me try this but one more way. What sport does that? And I want to, I'm going to give you the answer right here in one second. 877-710-3776. 877-710-ESPN. Get in on this conversation. Is it good that there are three or four teams that collect all of these great players? It looks like the Dodgers are getting close to getting uh, Freddie Freeman along the way. But here's the question I want to ask you. We can come back and talk about this on the other side. There are 30 teams in Major League Baseball. How many teams right now, what is today, March 14th, have a chance to win the World Series? Ten? Tops? Tops. Tops? Probably less than that. It's probably like six, right? In the NBA, how many teams do you have? A little bit more than that. Maybe not a ton more than that, but maybe there's six, seven, eight. In the NFL, the most popular sport in this country, Going into next season, how many times? How many teams have a chance to win the Super Bowl? It's probably like twenty. Half the teams, yeah, at, at least. least, and maybe more than that. Nobody saw Cincinnati. Cincinnati coming. was exactly how far away. Nobody from saw the Rams coming with four baseball. years ago. 
It's the you same think with half baseball. the teams? You think half the teams in the baseball Arizona have a chance? Diamondbacks have zero chance of they going to the do. World Series. They have zero. The chance. The Colorado Rockies have zero chance. How many times do we say things like break up the Pittsburgh Pirates because they're on this crazy long winning streak and then they make it into the playoffs? And now with the expanded playoffs, there's going to be a team that's going to jump in that shouldn't be there like, and get yeah. all the way to the World that's Series. That's a problem. It, oh, I agree, it's a problem. But that's how baseball works. So as much as we're saying this, every team, just like football, every team at the beginning of the season has a chance. How Not many in baseball, times? They don't. Have. Yes, they. No, Greg, we, we talk about the Oakland A's. You're talking about Greg. Here, I, no, no, no. We talk about the Oakland A's all the time. I talk about the Oakland A's all the time. They are do, do, a, do not a good team. Do you hear what we're arguing? Do you hear what we're arguing is you should start at an equal playing field. I don't think that's that very there are I don't think that's a difficult argument to have equal playing fields. The NFL is damn close. Damn close. Sure. The, the, the major leagues, uh, baseball, 17 weeks. there season. are 22 teams that have no chance right now. None. I'm not saying they couldn't get into the playoffs, maybe if everything breaks exactly right, but there are 20-plus teams that have virtually 0% chance of winning the World Series. That's not good. No, but I think you're still going to be able to get those teams are going to be just have a hot streak. They're going to get up. Somebody can bring somebody up that's a hot pitcher, and he goes crazy. It's, there's a, a lot of things that could still happen. All right, we can take some phone calls on this, 877-710-ESPN. Plus, Lee, get into the Lakers and Anthony Davis and what he said about the Suns. And Devin Booker, we got some sound from him about he did not like what AD had to say. And like you said, I think they both may be right. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710-ESPN.